Good morning, Ted. Morning, Charlie. How are you? Great. It's this week in XR. It's July 8th, 2022. So we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, but first, let me talk about our guest, Steve Grubbs, the C founder and CEO of Victory XR, the company that is making all these metaversities. Yeah, the, the concept and the word metaversity is really intriguing. <laughs> and they're finding success in a sector that we often talk about, about the education market, yeah. the training market, using simulation tools um, to find success. And, and Steve is really- Seeding at this. Yeah, I think this could be the killer app no one is really thinking about. Um, let me thank our sponsors. The podcast is sponsored by our friends at Zapper, the world's leading augmented reality platform and creative studio. Um, check them out at zapper.com and our friends at Verbella. All right, let's get to the news. How are you? How was your week, Charlie? Good? Uh, yeah, it was good. I read Matthew Ball's book and, and I wrote a review of it. Uh, it's it's a terrific book if you are, uh, you know, someone with their head up their ass like we are. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're inside, you're going to love this book. Um, you know, it's a great kind of history book and business book and technology book. It, it covers everything. Yeah, I read your review and I'll, I'll be reading the book this week. Um, it's, you know, uh, the problem is, and by the way, we're going to have a special episode with Matthew next right. week. I think we emailed about that. So. Right. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, it calls back to me before even reading the book of a really a book that I liked, and I think you read too, called Console Wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which refers to kind of the, the story within the story of mm -hmm. all this stuff and, and all the people behind it that don't necessarily, you know, get all the press, but are actually really instrumental in uh, the building of the bones of new industries. Right? Anybody listening to this show would love that book and will love this book. Yes, people who are not listening to this show maybe should just read the first part and the last part and the part in the middle about packet switching, maybe not so much. <laughs> all part of the game, right? So, so uh, kind of a light news week, I think it's right after the 4th of July and people are possibly thinking about something else in yeah. our world, yeah. but there is a company from Hong Kong, Animoca Brands, that um, people may or may not have heard of. They uh, have funded OpenSea, that's their probably best known investment. They have money in crypto kittens and uh, the sandbox, I guess, is their other uh, best known metaverse web. Sandbox, three. Dapper Labs, they're, and they're, they're, a, they're a monster player in this space, right? They have really taken this kind of scatter gather approach of invest in a lot of areas that are all related to Web3 and so not a little amount of money. Clang Planet Games, $41 million. Planetarium Labs, $32 million. I mean, these are not, uh, I mean, granted, these two companies have been, been making content for a while, uh, but still, those are big investments, which at what were probably very high valuations, I would imagine. Yeah, and they, you know, they've, they've really leaned into the earn to play space, right? Um, and that has obviously some controversy, but, um, you know, a, a company like this is really thinking about an overall strategy across, well, you know, multiple. Yeah, the first company is doing something really interesting, which is a, um, a role-playing game called Seed. Yeah. And uh, it will be seeded with AI-driven AI characters, which I guess you control when you're online. And when you're offline, I guess they work on their own. So yeah, I, I mean, if you could tell it, it to build a house and then go away, unlike Minecraft, you could get build, some instant building, building a house for you. Yeah, I, I was reading about this, and 
completely fascinated and terrified simultaneously, especially, you know, when you're reading about, you know, some of the stuff coming out of, you know, people that are talking a little publicly about what Google is seeing about their AIs becoming sentient and all these sort of things that are happening in the media. Um, and the idea of creating a character inside a gaming world, using that character to achieve things. And then when you log off, it doesn't actually log off. You just log off, but your AI continues on. Um, it's, it is the stuff of science fiction dystopia, right? So yeah. it's kind of interesting. <laughs> well, hopefully the, these games do not seem too dystopian, although people have to cooperate. And of course, that's how you get here. <laughs> so, I just think it's fascinating. It's, it's completely fascinating to see what these guys are up to. Yeah. So Secret Location, you remember our friends at Secret yes, Location? Yes, no, I'm very good Canada. friends with, the, with the, the team at Secret Location. Yeah, yes. they had um, something called, I guess, the the Big H or something that was a VR movie they put out a couple of years ago. That was the, the last, I think, substantial work that we've seen from them. Uh, they, they got purchased uh, a couple of years ago, but they're back. And they're back with something called walking wonderland yeah uh in atlanta have you heard of this thing yeah I'm, I'm actually pretty connected with these guys and it's um that you know they're exploring and experimenting with all forms of location-based entertainment that um is not necessarily headset related it's it's large projection environments physical tactile things it's sort of the you know what does a theme park look like when it doesn't have to live inside a major theme park when it can live uh inside other areas so it i, I think they're partnered with a luminarium on this yes that's um, the venue. As, their, as their venue as their location and uh for those on the on the west side of the world, um, you can visit a luminarium in, in Area 15 in Vegas and see they have rotating shows and different things there. But it, it actually, when I was reading about it, it kind of reminded me of the things going on at Area 15 yeah, similar. Yeah, in, yeah. in Vegas. The um, I guess they're using projection mapping. They're trying to get VR out of the headset. I think somebody Correct. said. Correct. Yeah, and it's successful. I mean, the, these things are working really well and uh, proving that audiences are looking for this kind of entertainment, especially in places where they're going to be entertained for a weekend, right? They're, they're looking to do things, go see shows, and then sometimes during the day before or after that traditional sit in a seat and watch a show in Vegas or another city, they want to do something more interactive. Okay, so two questions, because you've been to Area 15. Yeah, many and, times. And I have not. So may, maybe you could tell me a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah. And whether you think it can exist anywhere outside of Las Vegas. I do think it can exist in, in other places outside of Las Vegas, although probably not as financially successful. Um, the, the proof point of can it exist out of Las Vegas is the, the bones of, of what that, uh, the mainstay of what that is, did exist out of Las Vegas in a very organic growth, uh, this thing called Meow Wolf, which actually right. lives and breeds in Santa Fe, New Mexico, yep. which is not necessarily considered a tourist hub right? Uh, it's an interesting place and a wonderful place to go. But they have found enormous success in this art collective and building a culture organically. So when you go see the Meow Wolf experience uh, in Santa Fe, it's a completely different experience than the one that you see in Vegas, which right. is something called Omega Mart, um, which is a, a, it's, it's similar in, in what they do conceptually. You know, you move around an attraction and they use a lot of projection. They use a lot of tactile. They use a lot of um, you know, live actors and, and they create a, they create a world. It is, it is basically a physical metaverse if we want to sort of refer to it that way. Right. Sort of um, a small footprint Disneyland. <laughs> it's a small footprint, footprint, footprint Disneyland. And what area 15 has done is 
Meow Wolf is one of the tenants inside a number of different attractions. There's an amazing yes, attraction. Yes, you said Illuminarium is there. Who else is there? So there's, and there's smaller attractions that feel like kind of like what the modern carnival sideshow would be, right? So there's an amazing attraction from one of the founders of the Blue Man Group called Wink World. And you wear 3D glasses and you move through these little tiny rooms that are all designed with like um, sort of black light and, and colored light and spatial design of, I don't want to give too much away, but it's really interesting what they do with very common things. Um, and fool your brain and your body into thinking that things are kind of happening to themselves. Um, there's actually, there, there's a, a golf simulator area in there. There's a bunch of different VR type attractions in there. So you can spend, you know, four or five hours in there. Um, and then you can go to the Illuminarium experience and see this big projection map thing. And then there's late night experiences where they like kind of turn it into a club and you can, you know, hang out with your friends and have drinks and dance and the projectors are becoming the environment around you. It's quite, it's quite a good experience. It's definitely worth doing it if you like this kind of stuff. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm expecting to be in Las Vegas in a few months. So yeah, you should isn't that crazy, right? CES is six months away. The busy beavers are already building it. Wow. Yeah, it's a little hard to think about that because I've got CES 2023. I think I'm still in the summer, one. in the summer thinking. because Comic -Con. I think my first one was like 1993. Oh, my God. Even the people on this, listening to this show who were born in 1993 are old now. Right. <laughs> that would be that would be us, right? We were really old. Uh, okay, so uh, we've got Steve in the Yeah, well, but you know there's a, there's a one oh, yeah. big thing that I think we should mention is about Facebook's pivot away from well, not uh, Yeah, Facebook. but is it really a pivot Ted because Well, this is the let's, question. Let's let's Okay, talk so great. You don't have to tie it to your Facebook account if you don't want. That's a positive. I often I have students say I don't have a Facebook account. Right. You know, how do I make it work? And I'm like, well, make up a just get Facebook, a Facebook account, account and delete it afterwards. Right. I, don't, I don't know. But now so they've, they've removed that, which is good. That was a friction, unnecessary mm -hmm. friction. Mm -hmm. right? There's no reason you shouldn't just be able to download the pictures on your device. Right. Uh, and, the, and the second thing is, okay, so you don't need a Facebook account. You need a meta account. So they've still got you. Right. So you it's, know, just, so, it's just a nomenclature change. Yeah, I think it's uh, divorcing it from Facebook. It makes sense. They also changed their like system to be more like Instagram, which is always good because their right. other like system and the like system on Twitter are really broken. Right. And uh, so uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, Meta, you know, they, they want to be good. I really believe that. I think they want to be good and they just can't help themselves and in their and, and in their zeal for transparency they over explain things and thereby mm -hmm. uh, appear to be guilty even when they're not so they don't this is not a company that gets the benefit of the doubt anymore right but I, but i think you you make the, the good point that even if it is not all that it's made up to be they're at least reacting and aware of their audience right? yeah i think they want to be good i don't yeah. think they know how yeah. But I think they, you know, I don't, you know, again, they're, they're, they, they need to get advice from some buddy or buddies who are outside the bubble and whoever is handling communications or advising them is really inside their bubble. Mm. I mean, maybe they're just the world's worst client, uh, <laughs> even to themselves, but, uh, you know, they want to be good and they, they have a hard time expressing that and being open, right? They could have said, 
we know it's not the same as it being completely, you know, we won't do this, we won't do that. I think they said something about not tracking people for advertising purposes, but it's like define advertising for God's sakes. You know, I mean, really, you know, you just open up the conversation when you say that. So anyway, uh, uh, hope it works out. Uh, let's bring in Steve Grubb. Steve yeah. is the CEO of Victory XR. They've been doing education online for, for over five years and they've started to build metaversities. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Steve That's was on our show, on our show almost two years ago. Yeah, and 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 this is a big sector that we talk about a lot and a big yeah. proof point. So this is a good one. Yeah, online education is yeah. huge. Yeah, and continuing, particularly the potential of VR to really put kids in a classroom. Right. With the world's best teacher, by the way, Steve Grubbs. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? Good morning. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Welcome back, Steve. We're excited to hear your progress. Things like sounds like things are going really well. Every time I turn around, there's a new metaversity. Congrats yes. on you, Maryland. We think that we'll be rolling out a new one almost every week for the next maybe through the end of the year. Amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's being, picking up speed. Is this being driven by the universities themselves, or is it really faculty members saying, "I want to try this"? Uh, both, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I get that question all the time. Who are the decision makers? Right. And sometimes it's a chancellor. Sometimes it's a president. Sometimes it's a Dean or sometimes it's a, uh, faculty member. And, you know, from the faculty, I mean, we'll probably talk about this, but as you may know, remote, remote, I mean, on-campus enrollment is falling across the U S maybe worldwide. Remote learning is growing. That's why Western governors, et cetera, they're all exploding. And so Zoom, nobody really likes Zoom. So that's where our opening is. That's where we have a shot. So why don't we, why don't we back up a step? This is Charlie and I tend to do this. We go right into the- Because <laughs> we've already been talking for 20 minutes. And our, and our listeners are like, so what exactly are they talking about? So Steve, give us the top line of what you do, how you do it, what your business is, who are your clients, so, so that we can level set. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Victory XR is a company that's been in the space of AR, VR education since 2016. And in 2019, using the Engage platform, uh, we were able to build out our first proof of concept synchronous learning classroom. And uh, I think, Charlie, you, you went in there fairly early to take a look at it. I, th I, thought, so, I still, to this day, by the way, think it was one of the most powerful experiences I've had in VR. It, it, you know, I, I got invited to be on a show that was on the Engage platform. And as I was on the show, I said, okay, it's a little clunky the way it's being delivered right now, but with a little bit of improvement, this thing could really sail. And, and so we went to work building it. Uh, Wendy Martin, who is our uh, VR science teacher, just an extraordinary resource. She helped us put it together. And our, our dev team did a great job. You know, Danny Coyle, of course, who does a great job. So we did that and then the pandemic hit and it was just sort of this uh you know accelerant yeah well a yeah, it, fire under everything remote right and you were already right. in the remote world right it, it and it, it was interesting because a lot of people think wow you probably just took off and and the reality was initially the opposite occurred mm. because every university in the country was just trying to figure out how to use too early. zoom yeah it was too yeah early. and you know all their professors are going, oh, I got to do online. Too bad we didn't get to pick the timing of that so we could have gone now. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but Morehouse College, you know, really people who were thinking well ahead of the rest of the higher education industry said, uh, a guy named Deshante Carmen over there said, you know what, we ought to give this a try. And our students would love it. And the, the dean was on board. So he recruited uh, three, four professors for the initial cohort. And we, in, in literally 10 weeks, we went from nothing to building a digital twin campus to launching three courses uh, on their Metaversity campus. And as they say, the rest is history. And are the, the universities providing the headsets for the students or the, the students responsible for obtaining? I mean, obviously we're not talking about super expensive headsets anymore, a few hundred dollars, right? But I'm curious, are there different models for different schools, different universities? Have you, have they sort of coalesced on one concept that says the universities will provide the hardware or not? Yeah, so obviously in these early days where you have, you know, less than 20 metaversities in the United States and you know, maybe just a few more than that around the world, everybody sort of has their own approach. Mm -hmm. um, we have an approach that we are pushing that we believe is the, is the future. And I'm certain it's the future. And that's the approach where every student has their own XR device and they don't have to geographically travel. Oh, right, it's a, engaged. They can use a PC if they want. No, I'm, 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 I'm talking about the physical hardware. Like who's yeah, we're talking, Right, the headset. Yeah. yeah. But here's the point. Some universities want their students to physically travel to a central location on campus, put on the I, headset. I have, this, I have this problem at Chapman. Makes no I, sense at all. That's they they, they, they explicitly the told me no more teaching remotely. And I said, I can't do VR with 18 people in the same room. Right. They said, well, assign it as homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah that doesn't make any sense. That, that's not the future. And, and schools that take that approach, you know, it might work. And it can work in some situations, obviously. But the preferred model and the model for those that were in the Meta 10 program was each student, we will provide you the headsets, mm -hmm. but each student must be allowed to check it out and take it home for the length of the course or the semester, whatever the case might be, because this is the future. It's the model that all of us in the XR industry believe in. It's what we want to prove. And so, so have, what I believe is that, you, you know what, 10, 15 years ago, maybe I'm losing track of time, the, the whole computer and laptop deal on campus. You either brought one to campus or they were going to have you buy one through their program and et cetera, et cetera. That model will ultimately be adopted initially in specific classes, but then, uh, you know, it's, it's only, let's say you use it four semesters. It's 75 bucks a semester for one headset, you know, maybe a hundred bucks a semester, hundred. I will, I will say this in, in Chapman's favor. I mean, they, they had no problem buying 50 headsets and sticking them in their equipment room. Although it, I'm part of the film school there and, and people in film school love gear. So that wasn't a hard sell. <laughs> so, and, it, and again, it isn't a big number. You, you know, if you're buying 20 or 30 of them, you know, for a, for a, any medium size or large university, I mean, that's just not a lot of money to them. That, that's exactly right. And, and especially- They I collect, mean, you know, they collect lab fees and they got all sorts of ways of paying for this stuff. The University of Kansas for their School of Nursing uh, deal they eliminated a couple of other fees, curriculum fees that they had and replaced it with this. So that it was basically a, a neutral deal there. Yep. But, you know, my big announcement for your show, Charlie, 
and nobody. Oh, you brought an announcement to the show? I did. Wow. I did bring I'm an flattered. announcement. And, and I particularly wanted to announce it on your show because nobody would get it as much as you get, get it. So as we know, this, this VR metaversities and like a VR lab and whatever the case might be, that's great for remote learning. But if we're all sitting around a classroom together and we have our headsets on, it works, but it's a little bit awkward. You know, the talking and you got it, you know, it gets repeated and, you know, that kind of thing. Before the year is out, we have, I think we have our tech partners lined up. Uh, I know we have our university lined up. We will deploy the first AR metaversity with glasses before the end of the year in practice on one or two American university campuses. Can you, so, can you tell us which, which glasses you'll be using? Or, or is that an unknown yet? I, I can say that more likely than not, it will be the Lenovo A3 glasses for our initial uh, proof of concept. And uh, Lenovo's on board with, with the proof of concept. But there are others that we're looking at as well, uh, but that the first participant is on board there. But here, here's the thing, and you just alluded to this, Charlie. Um, if, if we're all sitting around the same room and we want to, you know, let's take the cadaver lab experience. If we're all in the same room, it's better to have glasses on so that I can see you. Yes, you can see me. Right. It's the whole the whole lens does uh, a uh, that um, uh, was developed uh, by um, at uh, Carnegie Carnegie Mellon. No, no, it's uh, at the Case Western. Case Western. Case Western. Yeah, has a, has a big uh, XR development program that works with different schools within it. I think it's a Microsoft pilot program. They've, they've done some interesting things there, but I think the most successful example, which is being used all over the world now, is their anatomy example, where some players can be, some participants can be local, some can be remote, and they can all share the same uh, holographic content uh, right. and, and obviously interact with the professor. Uh, so right. it's, it's quite an innovative system, and you're exactly right. Uh, AR is the right way to do that. Although it could be right. done in VR, I think the experience is much, uh, <clears throat> you're much more present with other people um, if you do it that way in VR. Uh, you know, it's a, a different experience. Think about what it means to have a fully interactive AR metaversity. So it, it, it's much more than just having that in-classroom experience where let's, you know, the, the, let's, again, the cadaver is anchored. It's persistent, but then you leave the classroom and you walk out of the classroom and you walk outside. Now, um, I have, I'm walking down the sidewalk and this may or may not happen before the end of the year, but this is the roadmap. And there are coins on the sidewalk mm -hmm. and I can put those coins in my bank and then I can spend them at the university bookstore or maybe other participating uh, groups that want to provide services and benefits to students. Then I'm in the botany class. And in, you know, in my part of the world, we're not growing palm trees, but maybe I want to study the, the biology of the palm tree. So outgrowing on my campus are palm trees, which I only see through the glasses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You get it. So, you know, history. Now I've got a, uh, I've got La Amistad slave ship. Uh, sitting 
out on my campus so that we can understand the history of, of you know, enslaved people in the United States and all of these different assets. But it's a, it's a fully integrated, anchored, persistent, and in hopefully in 2023, synchronous experience. Yeah, you're, you're talking about- Wait, 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 wait. The Lenovo A3 is tethered to a PC. To a smartphone no. or a PC. You can do a it with a smartphone. And, yeah. and it's an Android smartphone. Yes. So yeah. the students have to have Android smartphones. That's right. Well, and these, and, so, and these are not as inexpensive as VR headsets at this point. So it's no, going to no. be- a, a system, you know, obviously you'll pilot it, but the 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 key tenet what you're talking about, and we talk about this a lot, is this digital layer. When you want people to mm -hmm. be in the same physical presence together, the same physical space together, mm -hmm. but you don't want to actually try and transport physical palm trees or build a physical ship from the 1800s. You can build a digital ship from the 1800s much easier, and with the concept of anchoring and presence it can feel pretty real. So that well, they the, the idea of taking what they're already doing and making it better yeah. is very compelling, right? Because all of a sudden you've got, uh, you know, the gamification of the campus uh, aside, which is a good idea. Uh, you've got ways for students to go to classes and collect objects that they would later use to study. Um, you know, you can supplement every presentation with, uh, you know, a uh, digital items or scenes or illustrations, um, and everybody sees it while being present in the classroom. So you don't have that problem you have in VR where everybody has to be, can't, no one can be proximate because of the latency issue. We also have network issues. Uh, of course, IT will never admit that. They say we have issues, but, um, you know, the truth is, you, you know, 18 people can't do VR in a room together for lots of reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, so, so it's great to think that we could, and it might even be better than doing it in VR, because you don't have discomfort issues, everybody is, you know, essentially on a level playing field, uh, nobody's getting, you know, dizzy or has problems with, you know, the technology, it, it you know, takes away a lot of the friction, I think. And, and you think about the, um, you know, 5G, T-Mobile's mid-band, you know, the low band doesn't improve it that much, but the mid-band opens all of this up due to latency issues. You got the glasses rolling out. Everybody believes Apple's glasses will be announced sometime this year. So in mm -hmm. order for the high world of higher education and, and others to be ready for this, we got to deploy the proofs of concept this year yeah. and next year. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, uh, that's great news, Steve, and uh, an important development. I think uh, AR, depending on, you know, what kind of, in, in education, in my experience, which is obviously a lot, I've learned a lot of this from you, <laughs> but it's all about the curriculum that gets developed for the concept and the devices and the platform that you set up. So at some point, the educators or other people who are specialists in this area, and you employ these specialists all the time, ha have to come in and make it relevant to the curriculum. Yeah, the, the use case really matters. And, and uh, initially people thought, well, science, that, that's the use case. That was low-hanging fruit. Yeah, and, and astronomy, right? Easy. But we wanted to show that literature, literature is a perfect use case for AR, VR, because you can actually build the location, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird or any of these books that you read. If you can 
read the book and then actually have a class discussion in the courtroom or on the island or whatever the case might be, it, it brings literature to a level that many students who may not have appreciated it before will appreciate it now. Tell well, us I think it's a great use case for the A3 glasses. I'll be really interested to see what uh, reaction the university users have. Uh, yeah. Because as you say, until you pilot it in the real world, uh, there's just no way of knowing uh, how people are going to use it and, and what their reaction to it is, even though we all think <laughs> this is pretty, pretty good stuff at this point. Um, you know, I'm always surprised at, um, you know, the assumptions we've made about who's going to use this. Yeah. Steve, tell That's us right. about um, like the amount, who are the universities that are using this now? Like, give us a sense of the, the scale that you have. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, of course, Morehouse and Fisk University, two of the great HBCUs in the United States mm -hmm. were our pioneers. Um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, these two small schools are most advanced in the United States. They're offering full classes and, and uh, Morehouse is tripling the number of classes. That was the other big question everybody has. Okay, you can run a pilot, but will faculty and students ultimately adopt it and want to grow it? And, and Dr. Morris at Morehouse will tell you that she has more faculty than she can onboard at a time. She got to grow her budget, all these issues, but they're going to triple the number of offerings this fall. So that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, then we've got some powerhouses like Cal State, um, University of Kansas, West Virginia University. And then we have, uh, you know, some, some other large public universities uh, like uh, South Dakota State, New Mexico State, and then uh, Alabama A&M. And, how, how, uh, how big is your company now? We are at 25 employees. Uh, we expect- Well, you do a lot with 25 employees. We do. You know what? Uh, as you know, in this world, you got to know how to bootstrap, especially as you, the last five years, have been a challenge. Everybody expected, uh, you know, AR and VR to grow fast and <laughs> new tech. You, you had to watch every dollar. But twenty five. Well, let it be said that since twenty seventeen, I've been saying we uh, overestimate the near term and underestimate the long term. But after five years, we're starting to see the long term now of where you really could be in a few more years because VR is just starting to scale. Um, and the AR glasses are getting to be just good enough, although they're still mad expensive. But as you say, you know, Apple could could change the game here, and and we're really speculating and, until they play their hand. So right. I also think that that as these use cases become start to scale and become clear, that they will make um, uh, hardware that is uh, you know built to for that application. Well, and my buddy Carlos Figuerella put the magically two on my head at uh, AWE. Oh yeah, it's and nice. yeah, that's got a lot of potential as well. Uh, I'll be. Yeah, yeah they just so, said they. You have to wait five years for them to really be accessible in price. Yeah, and and you know, if if you have a big company like uh, Meta, you know they were willing to just go ahead and seed it to prime the pump, mm -hmm. and that that has made a huge difference. So one, one of my last questions is operationally, right? Because I, I get the building part of it and it's a very intense time. You're collaborating with the clients, you're working with your internal team, but now the metaversity is built. 
and you've moved your your group of beavers has moved on to the next dam. So uh, they're left with engage, which is a, a tool where it's very easy to upload uh, assets and documents and and such. Um, but are they able to at that point do it themselves, build new spaces themselves, and and manage their campus on engage? Yeah. So those that functionality has not been released by engage yet. Um, so we still do most of that, but we don't just turn them, we don't turn them loose, right? So we have a full professional development program that teaches people how to teach in VR. Uh, and then we have an asset development program. So we, we don't charge for the assets. They say, oh, I'm, I'm teaching this course and I need these 20 assets. Mm -hmm. We either have them in our library of 7,000 assets, we acquire them or we build them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, sometimes it's like, oh, that's going to have to wait. That's too complicated. <laughs> but uh, but we it's an entire process. Then we I put see. their students through orientation. When they teach their classes, we have a tech in the classroom with the professor, the first one or two classes. So we hold their hand. It's a turnkey solution that goes all the way through the process. Great. And um, did, so they become your client and you are the client of Engage. That is correct. Um, and have you raised money or do you not need to, or where, where are you with that? We are in the middle of closing our series A. And so those details are not public yet, but um, you know, we, everything appears to be on track. And so you, you should Congrats. see a real acceleration uh, this year. I, I think that's great. I'm pushing at Chapman for this. I, I want us to do this. Uh, there is no reason for Chapman to be last. And uh, it's going to cost them a lot less than they think. But as you say, it, you know, Chapman's got to come from the chancellor level. There's no department head or dean uh, that's going to pull the trigger on something like this. And, and also, by the way, it needs to be embraced more broadly. It can't be just like one department. You know, Ted, this is the problem with deploying XR at big companies. Sure, you can get a group of 12 people to do a proof of concept, mm -hmm. but to scale it into the whole organization is a real challenge because yeah, but people are busy doing other things. Yeah, but what Steve has obviously accomplished is is moving beyond the pilot and actually getting it into the culture yeah. of how things get learned. Like mm -hmm. I, I, when, when you were talking about, you know, how do they access the gear and how do they get the gear, harkens back to, uh, I have a longtime friendship with a, uh, a school in Florida called Full Sail University mm -hmm. that uh, does, trains a lot of 3D artists and, you know, and there's um, uh, music and arts and so forth and so on. And their whole stick shtick was uh, that if you signed up for Full Sail University, you would get the most advanced Apple laptop as part of your tuition. It would just come as part of the kit. So the idea that when you sign up for a new university to get students excited about, I want to go to this university, and by the way, you're going to get the gear, yeah. it's just, it's just paid for as part of your tuition. Yeah. Is, right? Full Sail, is Full Sail fully remote or do they have a campus? They have a campus. They have a, a, quite a big campus. In because, Florida. you know, Arizona State, uh, which is, as you know, opening a new graduate program in LA where I'm going to be teaching next right. semester, has 200,000 people um, who are remote students. They're, I mean, they're trying to scale Arizona State into an international brand. And, you know, they have these uh, degree granting programs, which are entirely online. Right. And this is where VR really starts to yeah. take hold, because if you're really, truly building a remote campus, you need the tools to actually allow a remote campus to thrive more than just traditional you know, 2D screens. 
So with VR headsets only costing a few hundred dollars today and AR headsets a couple of years from now, probably in that same price range, um, you know, you're, you're going to have the infrastructure to do this. It's the universities that lean into it now that will figure it out and start to build the layers that make it logical. Yeah, and, and others will then imitate them and use their... Right. And then it just becomes a, a logical logic, just like every student in the world probably has a laptop today when they and a tablet today when they go to a university. In the near future, you would anticipate that the bulk of students will have some sort of XR device to go to university. And therefore, that's when Apple starts to go, that's our market. There's I think I, I think that the uh, higher education has been waiting to be disrupted for hundreds yes. of years. Uh, and clearly today, it's, it's reaching a point where it's untenable. Right. Uh, it's too much infrastructure. Um, too much of it can be done via Zoom and, and via VR and PC. Uh, I, I know the campus experience is uh, coveted and uh, impossible to duplicate, um, but maybe we should focus on what the real point of an education is, which is return on investment and focus less on the social part uh, where there are other ways to do that. No, you can't replicate that, but maybe there's something else that is good enough um, to replace spending a quarter of a million dollars or maybe half a million dollars when my granddaughter uh, goes to college. It's just who the hell is, you know, e even if a dollar is worth 50%, who the hell saves up $250,000? Well, we're just yeah. learning about the concept of augmentation, right? If we look at the global labor market, there's a pretty universal understanding that the world of labor and productivity has moved into a hybrid model. There are things you need to do in person. There are things that make sense to social gather. And there are things that make sense to be in your, whatever that cave-like yes. environment is where you can be productive on your own. And universities, the smartest ones, like you mentioned, Arizona State University, are leaning into that. You know, Phoenix yeah. University was one of the first ones to fully lean into that, right? Yeah, um, it's the brands that have to follow now, though. That's, you know, that's the yes. value of that is so high. Right. Uh, you know, so, oh, listen, we're out of time. Uh, this is crazy. Every time I talk to you, Steve, it, it is not enough time. Um, so any burning shots? You? I don't want to rush you out the door. Well, Steve, well, just tell people how they find you, how they learn about you. What's the, you know, what's the best way they can learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, thanks, Ted. Uh, VictoryXR.com. If you want to email me personally, I try to respond to people. Steve at VictoryXR.com or as Charlie knows, probably you, Ted, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So I would, would love to visit with people and, uh, our motto is crazy today, obvious tomorrow. And that's what's happening. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I love that. Steve, thanks for coming. We'll see you again, uh, hopefully. And um, congrats again uh, on the uh, on the launch with uh, Lenovo. I think that's going to be a, a great uh, way for us to uh, find a path to broad adoption of uh, AR in education as well as VR. Um, Ted, have a great weekend. Thank sure. you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next week. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.